Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Yeah. <laughs> Had to play a little real country. Oh, well, need some of that. Let's listen to it. Here we go. Jill and I, a few years ago, when I was working in Raleigh, saw uh, Hank at uh, Kokobo, which is the amphitheater in Cary. That's the kind of size amphitheater and style amphitheater I think Greenville needs. Uh, but we went up there and uh, got tickets to see Hank. I think uh, the big country station in the group I was working at, Curtis Media, was 94.7 QDR, which was uh, certainly for a, about 20 years like the monster station in North Carolina. I mean, it was like the highest rated station in the southeast as far as country music goes. And uh, Big morning show there, my buddy Mike Wheelis, his daughter, uh, went to ECU, and I think did a little bit of work for us for a little while. Wheelis just a great guy. Anyway, we saw Hank. Have you ever seen Hank? By the way, Philip the Ref Pilkey to producing today. Is is uh, is our boy Chill here today? I've not seen him yet. Is he around? He's in, but he's uh, preparing he's for working. the pregame show. Ah, yeah. he's got, yes, slaving away over a hot uh, microphone. And no, I have so, not seen Hank yet. So, uh, you know, Hank was doing his thing. Uh, one of the Minji's brothers from Kinston. Uh, Hoyt Jr., big Hank fan. I think they've he's got him a hat before or something. Big Hank fan. Uh, Hank was great live. It was that's a rowdy crowd too. And it was a, kind of it was around this time of year maybe. It was like one of the last sort of outdoor concerts before it got you know bone. It was kind of chilly. Let me tell you something. That's a crowd now. That's a those were ready to go crowd, and. You know, I've wound it down from the good old days, Philip. Hey, I'm was, not surprised uh, that it was a little rowdy there. It was. I was taken aback how rowdy it was. <laughs> That's what I realized. You know, I might not need to go out anymore. I'm a little old for all. But it was a good show. Uh, Hank could play about any instrument. And he changed hats during, like between every song. He'd have a ball cap and then a hat. He was great. He really was good. He really, really uh, was good. What are, uh, Thursday night football? Who do we have tonight? It's a uh, not the best one. Jets at Colts. Mm. New York market, so that'll be, you know, and I mean Wentz has just kind of been meh, right? Wentz has not been great. Yeah, he kind of blew it last week. Yeah, yeah. really, and, and like tried to put it on himself that he blew it, but he's he's been pretty awful. Uh, we had Maction last night. We got Georgia State and Louisiana tonight, for what that's worth. Eh, eh. And uh, on ESPN2, Delaware State and Morgan State. Shout out to my guy, LG. Lamont, Germany on the call for Morgan State. 
Uh, seems like I know the Delaware State announcer, too. Maybe that's the uh, the other guy. Um, anyway, that's that. That's what's happening tonight on the football slate. No baseball to talk about. Uh, kind of miserable, nasty, cold weather. It feels like winter, doesn't it? Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's a little depressing out there. We've got, uh, as I understand it, we've got a, uh, a chili in the crock pot. So I think this is one of those nights, you know, kind of settle in. Enjoy a little bit of uh, chili on a cold, blah weather night and, and go from there. All right, uh, Pirates and Temple coming up on Saturday, 3 o'clock airtime. We'll be on the uh, air at 12 noon with our Bush Light Pirate Game Day countdown. Terrence Copper and myself. Uh, looks like now back outside of Town Bank Tower. There was some question that may not happen, but forecast I saw earlier today is kind of holding the rain off. More of a like overnight in Saturday into Sunday thing. So I think we could be outside because I just don't want to get in the middle where we're breaking down the stage in the middle of the show again. Right? Yeah, that was a little wild, but hey, we pulled through and we got it done. Teamwork nobody made the dream ever, work. Nobody would have ever known. And by teamwork, you mean Terrence Copper, who looks like he's carved out of granite, single-handedly breaking the stage down and carrying it himself. That was impressive. It was. He, he, he was a big team player there. Shout out to Teacup. <laughs> He was, he he looked amazing. Uh, it's a Zoki day. Jim Zoki uh, will be with us. Panthers and uh, New England Patriots. Of course, you guys are going to be at the game that are part of our uh, On the Prowl podcast. When does that come out now? Has the night changed on that? Yeah, so we were having a little issues with the Dropbox. So now we Facebook live stream it and YouTube live it on Monday nights, and then it automatically loads right there on Monday nights onto 94.3 The Game's Facebook and YouTube. All right, so 94.3thegame.com is where you can uh, go and get that, plus our YouTube page, which uh, we will be developing further and further and further uh, as, uh, you know, it's a platform you want to have, but, you know, as as many prove, you just can't rely simply on that. Look, this is the bellwether. This is uh, this, this communication, the intimacy of communication via the radio is uh, the way it goes. All right, did you see the, I guess they're going to be, they're still talking, if you will, talking about expanding the college football playoff? Oh, joy, oh, joy, right? Yeah. Bottom line is somebody's going to get left out and they're going to be ticked. I mean, look at the NCAA basketball field. It's 68, and uh, there's always somebody that gets ticked off on Selection Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I was looking uh, at a couple of things last night. Uh, there's a friend of mine, uh, the Mad Hatter of Moorhead City, the common man, as I used to refer to him as. Uh, and uh, he now lives down in, in Moorhead, as I mentioned. And so he is, he's just enamored with college realignment talk, right? He's really, like, all into it. And so I was tooling around Twitter last night, and I found on the college football Reddit, page or the reddit college football page on twitter they put uh you know you put the map up with the schools that are in the conference and i meant to talk a little bit about this yesterday the new conference usa we've got that if you go to our we retweeted it so it's somewhere down on our twitter page you got utep and new mexico state right sam houston Jacksonville State in Alabama. Uh, you've got uh, Louisiana Tech there in northern Louisiana. Liberty in uh, south central Virginia. 
Central Virginia, I guess. And then down in Miami, FIU. That is, there's some road trips in that one. About the only bus trip might be between New Mexico and Utah. Isn't that ironic? UTEP, which is kind of the stick out like a sore thumb, is the one that's going to have the closest conference opponent where they could conceivably bus, I guess. It was probably longer than it looks, or further than it looks on a map. But I'm checking this out, right? And so for Jacksonville State, Sam Houston State, New Mexico State, which has been independent in football for a number of years, and then uh, Liberty to join the, the Conference USA. You know what they have to do, Philip? They have to pay an entrance fee of $2 million. Do you know what they're going to get per year? It's uh, uh, 500000 in TV revenue, right? I think it, I think it's eight is what I read. 800000 so in order to pay to in order to have the privilege to make eight hundred thousand a year, you have to pay <laughs> you have to pay two million to enter. And then travel all across literally travel across time zones. Oh my god. And then they don't even right now they don't even have enough stinking teams to have eight that to qualify for stuff. Doesn't ah. sound like a wise place to go right now. Sounds like they are about like the Big East was in football, what, a decade ago? Well, I mean, that ended up becoming the American, essentially. And, you know, ECU got into that. But, I mean, Boise was part of it. I guess that TCU for 15 minutes was part of it, and they, they both split. Uh, just a whole – just a very weird, weird deal with Conference USA. I mean, where's the 30 for 30 on that? It's kind of interesting. That's but, Conference uh, USA. Nobody cares that much enough to watch the thirty for hey, thirty. Hey, hey, hey! We've got a, we've got two Conference USA football championships. You mind your your piece. Of I'm talking about history. now. Back then, it was a different conference. I mean, now it, then it was pretty much what saying the American doesn't matter today. It does matter, but nowadays, I mean, CUSA is just you know, it's a shell of what it used to be. Shut your mic off. You're talking too much. If you're if I will not stand for any blasphemy against Conference USA here doesn't matter i'm giving you a hard time but still still gotta have a little drama on air so yeah so that's what's happening and then you know jmu to the stepping up out of the fcs ranks i mean they've been waiting for this for years going to the sun belt in all likelihood the caa and look stop me if you've seen this movie before the caa is stopping are not allowing, as James Madison departs, the Dukes to be eligible for any conference championships. That happened 20-some-odd years ago when ECU left the CAA and all of its uh, sports, basketball, and the uh, non-rev sports. They were ineligible their last year to to compete in the conference tournament. Of course, the Pirates never played CAA football. So... (laughs) So they're still doing business like it's the uh, 1990s in the CAA. I knew their TV deal was kind of rotten. I mean, I don't think you could find it. It's like on ESPN Bulgaria or something. In fact, I don't even think ESPN should be used as far as letters in that thing. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty stinky television deal. Because I guess they didn't want to play on off-brand nights on, uh, in basketball. 
even though ESPN wanted him for. But I mean, that not a real great way to do business. It kind of unfair on some level to punish the kids, to not allow them to participate for the right to play for a conference championship, which means for a right to be the automatic qualifier into the NCAAs. What, what is the advantage of taking somebody who's been an original member like they did ECU and now like they've done James Madison and JMU's done a lot to bring things there. ODU had the same thing happen to them as well. I think ODU was played a little bit of CAA football before they made the jump up. And I think they had won, even won a colonial football championship. But I mean, what is the point of, of doing that? And, and ODU's original member, if I'm not mistaken, in the colonial. What, what, what is the point of doing that? Is that just not an antiquated way of doing business in a, in a kind of petty way of doing business? Very, very petty. I mean, it just doesn't seem fair. I mean, we're all about the what's good for the athletes, but can't let that happen. Can't let them play for a championship and a chance to go to the NCAAs. And look, I, I'm not going to pretend I'm some sort of JMU sports expert. I know their softball is very good. They went to the World Series last year. Basketball's improved. Their women's basketball historically has been pretty good. But, I mean, I, I can't tell you that they're championship contenders year in and year out. Certainly softball maybe. That's just that's really unfortunate for the for the kids. Really is. All right, we've got tickets to the uh, ECU Temple game to give away our final pair of the week. We'll give them to uh, caller five right now as we go to break. 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. If you're caller five, you'll get the hookup on a pair of tickets uh, to ECU and Temple 3 o'clock on Saturday. We're going to hear from the coordinators when we return. Be part of our pirate report today. So that's straight ahead on the Patrick Johnson Show. Stay tuned. Caller 5 will win a pair of tickets to ECU Temple at 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. Pirates. Hello there. Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P-Man. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Greenville Awning and Canopy wants you to be able to go outside without all the aggravation from outdoor pests. In addition to their custom awnings for your home or business, Greenville Awning and Canopy now offers screening services for your porch or deck. Call today to schedule your free estimate with Greenville Awning and Canopy. 252-752-1261. That's 252-752-1261. Whether you're looking for a new awning or screened-in deck, Greenville Awning and Canopy has got you covered. Time now for an update from Town Insurance. I've got my friend Jim Clement in the studio with me. Jim, great to see you. What's new at Town Insurance? What's new, Henry, is our growth in this state. We have now exceeded $60 million in revenue with 300 employees over both states, Virginia and North Carolina. But North Carolina, our footprint goes from Corolla down to Wilmington to Kinston, Greenville, Raleigh, and our newest operation in Charlotte. So, Jim, well, what does that mean for all of your clients and uh, friends in eastern North Carolina? Because of town's massive resources, meaning access to more companies and markets, we are able to serve all of our clients right here in eastern North Carolina with their personal lines, their commercial lines, their life and health needs, or their small business needs. We continue to hear more and more about town insurance, and uh, it's great to have you in here giving us an update today. How about people who aren't doing business with you right now in eastern North Carolina? What would you say to them? Come to town today. What's the telephone number? 756-8300. We paid how much for those lessons? Shh. She's doing great. Oh, yeah, totally. 
Uh, can you pass me a Pepsi Zero Sugar? <sighs> Great job, honey! Oh. Oh, look at that. That's not the end. No way. Now it's time for the encore. You know what? You're right. Five times? Not enough times. For everyone who traded in rock concerts for their kids' recitals, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's what I like. <sighs> Here is your ice-cold Pepsi Zero Sugar, sir. Oh, thanks. Wanna watch the game? Ooh, little sports ball on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Hey, did we win? I, it, it sounds like we won. It's still the first quarter. I must be lucky. People say that about me. Tough break on that free throw there. Shouldn't be doing that. Dude, we're watching football. Come on. For everyone who spent the entire game explaining the entire game, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's what I like. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. It helped me get my job, it helped me pay for my house. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the North Carolina Army National Guard. Aired by the North Carolina Association of Broadcasters and this station. Pirate football lives on game days right here. Here we go! On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94-3, the game. ECU and Temple and Merritt from Winterville will be headed to the game. Winner of our uh, final pair of tickets given away this week. Uh, today's Pirate Report is brought to you by Eastern Plumbing, setting the standard for quality service for over 15 years. Learn more online at easternplumbingonline.com. Also, Main and Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern in downtown Winterville. Great food and specialty drinks and craft beers. Pitt Greenville Airport, convenient, comfortable to Charlotte and then anywhere on the globe and by Bill Clark Holmes. Bill Clark Holmes personifies Pirates supporting Pirates. Of course, Bill Clark going into the ECU Hall of Fame this weekend. That's great. Pretty good stuff there. All right. Um, ECU Athletics Hall of Fame. Yes. So uh, that'll be happening. Uh, they're one of six going in, including Ruff and McNeil. Big uh, weekend as far as that goes uh, in Greenville plus Military Appreciation Weekend. Uh, let me see here. I'm looking for my uh, cut list. I know. Uh, yes, here it is right here. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's start with Donnie Kirkpatrick. And uh, he says Temple has changed. Is it has changed or has not changed in the last has four changed. Years? Okay. Good grief. I have to go back and take a basic English class. Temple has changed in the last four years. Temple has changed defenses. Okay, a lot from last year, and it's a very unique deal. So the scheme is uh, is challenging. It really is. The fits and everything, the coverages are different. Uh, they're tough. You know, Temple tough is kind of their saying, and I, I can see that. You, you see it in how they play, and uh, it'll be a physical game. They'll want to make it a physical game. I think offensively they actually get in the huddle. You know, somebody told me that's pretty unique. You don't see anybody getting in the huddle, you know, minus the NFL anymore. Uh, going to snap the ball with a little less time, going to try to – keep the possessions down. You know, we, we had that in last week's game, we only had 10 possessions. So we're expecting that type of a game. We're going to have to make those things count. But they got some big, strong kids. They got some big, strong kids. They got some good skill people in the secondary. 
And, uh, you know, Temple goes with that huddle. They try to slow things down, elongate the game, in a sense, shortening the game if they can control the ball uh, by running it. But uh, Coach Donnie Kirkpatrick says that uh, it'll be key to try to hit the accelerator when the Pirates get the ball on offense. You try not to overpressure, you know, yourself up, but, well, you can't waste any possessions. You know, you really can't because you may not get it back. They're going to they're gonna try to keep the ball and run the clock down. And um, so you, you really got to make those things count. You know, you can't turn it over. And you know what? That's about what killed us last week. We had a little bit of the slips there early. Luckily, we got that correct. Philip, what would you say the most concerning uh, thing or one of the more concerning things maybe has been this year? Definitely holding on to the football, I think. A lot yes. of interceptions. And then when we figured that out, they fumbled it. Yeah. Pirates have uh, coughed it up 10 times this year, fumbled it away to opponents. Uh, plus two on the turn. <coughs> Pardon me. Hang on. Sorry about that. Plus two in the turnover margin. Uh, they also have the six interceptions this year. So, I mean, it has been uh, a big concern. Donnie Kirkpatrick uh, talking about the time spent on Wednesday. Uh, holding ball security drills. It was intense again today. Okay, no bleed, no blood for me this week or whatever. I, I've gotten smarter. I'm standing out of the way a little bit because that's where I got that from. But it was intense again today. And uh, you know, like I say, the kids don't, the obvious kids don't love that drill because they get punched, they get hit, they got two guys on one. You know, like I say, but uh, they know it's good for them. It's kind of like medicine. You know, it doesn't taste very good, but they know it's good for them. So we we've super emphasized that. Scouts did a good job this week of trying to strip the ball from the backs and receivers and quarterbacks and everybody like that. So uh, hopefully that'll pay off. Donnie Kay uh, talking about Ehlers coming off his most accurate performance that he has seen uh, against the USF Bulls the other night. You know, Holton played a great game. I mean, I thought he was the most accurate I'd ever seen him. You know, and, and there's completions, and then there's completions that are more accurate than other completions. You're throwing it right where they need to catch it, they, where they can run with it a little bit better. And he was really, I thought, on. And uh, he talked about the uh, running backs and dividing the carries among the running backs or splitting them. I think it's great that we have two that we would say are good enough to be starters. I wish we had three. You know, you always want one more. Uh, I, I promise you that we don't sit there and chart, okay, he's got three. We got to get the other guy three before we can give him the ball. It's just Coach Foster now is, is aware that he's rotating them by number of plays and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, they're also getting some touches in, by catching the ball, and I think that's pretty even as well too. So it's just kind of working itself out like that. I haven't heard a lot about uh, Donnie Kay. doesn't know what he's doing the last few weeks, have you? No, those uh, those uh, torches have been uh, put to bed, it seems like. Mm, interesting. Interesting. All right, Blake Harrell, uh, to the defensive side of things, he breaks down Temple offensively. A, a year ago, just kind of looking back at that film, you know, they were able to move the football and run the football on us and, and do some things there, so we got to be sound in the run game. And they're going to get in 12 personnel, 13 personnel, and, and bring it downhill at you. Then they'll, they'll get uh, 11 personnel spread it out. Oh, one personnel and go empty on you. So they're going to give you a lot of different looks and um, a lot of different weapons over there. If they're big, some bigger tailbacks, it'll get downhill. I think two, 215 is the two guys rotating there the most. Those guys weigh around 215. And uh, the third guy's 220. So the guys can get downhill. And the quarterback, you know, started the game in the SEC at Georgia. 
uh, versus Arkansas, and uh, he's got some good wideouts out out wide, zero and five. Uh, one of the impressive young guys is number 84, the tight end. Um, he's not necessarily your traditional tight end. He's more of a flex out. He'll be in and go in motion, do those type of things. Uh, so they got a lot of different weapons, can attack you a lot of different ways, whether it's spreading you out uh, through the air or on the ground game. So we've got our hands full. And, and they got a lot of motion shifts, trades, so they can get you, you know, eyes in a lot of different places. And we're talking to our guys about eye discipline. Make sure you get your eyes on your keys. You know, the thing we always say, see a lot, see little, see little, see a lot. So that's kind of what we've been preaching and focusing on this week. All right, uh, let's go to cut eight, and he talks about those pre-snap shifts in some more detail. And we did it throughout the year, and, and our guys are, you know, older guys now and, and experienced. You know, just the games and the amount of games they played this season and the, the ability to check. You know, they change a call, we change a call. Uh, they get their eyes to the sideline, we get our eyes to the sideline and, and some things like that. So that's, like you said, you know, Houston did that a few times, and we were able to kind of audible out of some things and get some other looks and, change it up for the quarterback, maybe the, the look he thought he had, and we give him a new look. So uh, anytime you're able to do that and not have a mistake or not have a bust, you know, it gives you a lot of confidence to continue to do that. Now, you always got to be careful about the fake looks, and, and sometimes you get caught off guard there, but our guys have been able to handle it pretty well. All right, and uh, this is uh, him talking about, Coach Harold talking about the uh, Temple Owls huddling. Yeah, they, they're going to huddle. Um, they're going to take the time, I think, average – about 12 to 15 seconds on the play clock before they snap the football. Now, once they come out of that huddle, they come out of it pretty quick. So, you know, everything you're, you're calling it off of is based off their personnel. And you're not able to see maybe the pitcher or the look before before the ball snaps. So, you, your guys and your players, they got to be able to adjust, check some things on their own. You know, you know, sometimes some situations, some weeks, you're able to control that and uh, that menu for them. And now it's kind of back to the full menu where they can get an 11 personnel or 12 personnel and a bunch of different formations. Uh, Malik Fleming was uh, the AAC Player of the Week defensively. And, of course, we told you about that several days ago. But uh, Coach Harold talked about the guy who seems to be uh, the talk of Pirate Nation when they talk about this defense, Tegan Woke. You know, when you, when you play hard, and we call them extra effort plays, and, uh, you know, you're running to the football, and you're playing with extreme, extreme effort like, like Tegan does, good things are going to happen. And uh, that's what he's been able to do, whether it's Marshall last week, you know, whenever it may be. He's hustling his tail off, busting his tail, running the football, punching at it, and just in the right place at the right time. And it's not by luck. It's because he's working his tail off. Uh, we'll have Joe Dooley on the show tomorrow. That'll be uh, part of our uh, presentation for you on a football Friday and get you to the weekend edition. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, some of the uh, high school football Playoff games coming up with our pal Chris Hughes with the Charlotte Observer and Carolina Preps. So that is uh, what we got in store for you tomorrow, plus uh, comments from Coach Houston the day before the game. You won't want to miss that uh, tomorrow on the uh, Pirate Report and also on the Patrick Johnson uh, show. Uh, That is today's Pirate Report. By the way, a little worldwide leader on worldwide leader uh, crime here. Uh, Jay Williams on... First take. Are you a, are you a consumer? Are you a P one first take? No, nah, I don't really watch it. Yeah, not my bag, man. Uh, but he went on there and he called out Screaming A. I guess for the way that uh, Screaming A handled Aaron Rodgers' COVID vaccination status in comparison with that of Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving caught absolute hell, did he not? He did. And uh, respect to Jay Will for going out there and uh, sticking up for those guys. Yeah, I mean it's. 
I, I'm pretty good about. I, I'm pretty good with that. I, I, I'm, I have zero problem with him doing that. Some respect to him, indeed. Uh, for uh, for calling out his employer on on the hypocrisy with its biggest star. And uh, that's pretty good. And look, I mean, it, from what I have read, because I I would not watch that. I mean, it, look, if you if you catch me watch, if you were to walk into my home, and the TV's on there, it's because something has happened to me, and I am unconscious, and the TV just happened to be on there as I was flipping it by. Not my not my thing, man. But um, you know that from what I've read, he's been pretty inconsistent. It's a pick and choose thing. It's a pick and choose thing with uh, Screaming A and the worldwide leader on this. All right, where you were going to say yes? Oh, I was going to say it was the same thing with the whole kneeling thing back with the protest. He was all over the place. Sometimes he was for it, and sometimes he was against it. I was for it before I was against it. That could be uh, perhaps that. Well, look, they're in the content. He's their content. He and Feinbohr are their content, and. Look, I can tell you this, just doing this an hour a day. I mean, there's times, if you went back and asked me what I said on a I couldn't tell you. I try to be pretty consistent with my messaging and not be overreactionary and, you know, sort of tell it like I think it is. But, I mean, people are just, you know, they, they, when you're in the deal where you're having to give some kind of outlandish opinion whether you believe in what you're arguing for or not in those talking head debate shows, there's no, you don't have any idea what you said. And, and it's, I mean, it probably is one of those deals where it's, you know, you, you could get caught up in being inconsistent with what you've talked about. You could be for it before you were against it or against it before you were for it. I'm not saying you can't have an evolved opinion of something, but I think what you said there hits the nail on that. He is so much of what their content is, and he's so many hours of programming on there. There's he probably has no clue what he he, he said three months ago about something. Maybe not even three segments ago. All right, uh, let's hit a break here. But before we do, to bring Jim Zoki in, we'll send it to the ref who's got an update for you. And everything that is happening in uh, the world of sports, Pirate Nation and beyond. Uh, here is uh, the ref, Philip Pilkington, before we bring on Jim Zoki to talk Panthers and Patriots. What you got, ref? Thanks, Patrick. Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. Yesterday, Virginia Tech released their 2022 baseball schedule. The Pirates will travel there for a midweek contest on March 8th in the NFL. There's been some notable announcements today about players returning who have been out. Those players include Dak Prescott, Devontae Adams, and Tyrod Taylor. They are all expected to play this weekend. However, in tonight's contest, the Jets will be without quarterback Zach Wilson. They are 10-point dogs at Indy. Last week, the Carolina Panthers found some success in the running game, and OC Joe Brady spoke on that earlier today. To do that at all, or... No, it's not. You know, it's it's not tough when you're when you're having some success running the football too. You know, uh, um, you know it's uh, the way that the game was the way that the game was going. I think I think it's uh, a lot of times too when you're calling a game, it's 
Uh, you, you have to be, you have to understand how the game is being played on the other side of the ball too. Um, you know, and so Coach Wool does a great job with the communication from that standpoint. And the way that our defense was playing, you know, uh, it was important for us to stay on the field. You know, we had three drives, I think, over 15, you know, 15 plays. So when you're keeping your defense off the field, you know, um, for that long, you know, I think good things happen. So um, it's uh, it's not the easiest when you're having to call 15 plays in a row, you know, to try to get the ball in the end zone. But the way that the guys were running the ball, the way that we were executing, getting to manageable third downs and having success. You know, it was. Um, there's no reason to get away from it. From the NBA, LeBron James will miss roughly a week with an abdominal strain. And huge news out of the NHL today. The Sabres have traded the face of their franchise, Jack Eichel, to Vegas for what is now a 2022 first round and a 2023 second round pick. Vegas will receive a 2023 third round pick from Buffalo as well. If Vegas is pick falls in the top 10 in 2022. All these picks will be pushed back just one year. This protection only is valid for the 2022 season. In Major League Baseball, Nick Castellanos has exercised his opt-out part of his contract with the Cincinnati Reds and will become a free agent. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. After this, Jim Zoki joins the P-Man. Online or on the go, Love it. log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day, you need to tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. The Jolly Roger has set sail. He breaks a tackle. He's in the 10 to the 5. He's in. Touchdown, Pirates. Pirates football. At the 18-yard line, and the Pirates are after block. Is back. Picked up by the Pirates. Tune in for all the hard-hitting action all season long on your home for East Carolina football. The flagship for the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Improve the air quality in your home by calling the Air Doctor. Proudly serving Eastern North Carolina for over 10 years, the Air Doctor specializes in the sales, service, maintenance, and installation of residential and commercial heating and air conditioning. The Air Doctor also offers duct cleaning and free duct evaluations. Dirty duct work reduces air quality and may cause increased dust, bacteria, and unpleasant odors. Call the Air Doctor and get your ducts in a row. Call 252-215-0966. Remember the days when you could go to your favorite butcher shop and get your pork chops or steaks cut just the way you like them? Well, you still can. Acre Station Meat Farm on Highway 32 in Pinetown, north of Washington, is Eastern Carolina's traditional butcher shop. Acre Station is where you can get your order cut the way you want it. The best sausage, bacon, and pork chops and steaks you'll ever taste. I get my steaks from Acre Station because uh, the quality is great and they can cut it any size you like and just can't find a selection like that anywhere else. I like to go get my roast at Acre Station because they cut it at about six pounds and that's perfect for my for my family because I just can't find what I'm looking for at the grocery store anymore. Acre Station, your traditional butcher shop in Pinetown just outside Washington on Highway 32. Find out what others have always known. The short trip to Acre Station is worth the drive. At Acre Station, you just get that good, friendly service you just can't find anymore. I guarantee it's the best sausage and bacon you'll ever eat. Golden Corral on Greenville Boulevard is now open, serving all your Golden Corral comfort 
food favorites like fried chicken, pot roast, steaks, fresh vegetables, and awesome desserts. Don't miss their weekend features like Catfish Fridays, ribs every Saturday, and specialty carved meats on Sundays. Make game day extra special with a hot and hearty big breakfast or build a wholesome tailgate feast of Golden Corral entrees, sides, and desserts. drive through pickup, and delivery available open daily for lunch and dinner, breakfast every weekend. Need $1,000 to $10,000 immediately for a gift for someone special, car repairs, or unexpected expenses? Time Financing Service offers competitive loan rates. Apply online and get your answer in less than an hour in most cases. Then you can pick up the cash at any of our 24 convenient locations. Apply online 24-7 at timefinancing.com. That's timefinancing.com. Time Financing Service. All loans subject to current credit policy of Time Financing Service. One-hour loan approval and same-day cash in most circumstances. Exceptions may apply. Happy hours are always a swashbuckling good time with the P-Man. Happy hour for me never starts till after five. Me either. This is only number three. Let's get back to the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Jim Zoki, we've moved him around a little bit this week, uh, but Zoki's, I mean, if anything's proven anything about Jim Zoki, he's a good sport. Well, we know that. He appears on this show, usually the firing squad with Ben. Ben's not producing today, Zoki, so no Ben questions. So, the pressure's off. It'll be a more relaxed, uh, chill <laughs> Well, guess what? Um, the ref, Philip Pilkington, producing today. Also, um, uh, he and Ben... And uh, uh, the other guy that's on their podcast they do for us are all going to the game this weekend. They're going to be in Charlotte. Okay. Yeah. The Ben Baby crew is coming back to Charlotte. The B Baby crew and the ref and Casey. That's his name. Casey, they're all going to be in Charlotte this weekend. Country comes to city in a lot of ways. Okay. Well, make sure you send them with some bail money just in case. (laughs) Well, I'm going to say this is Zoke's number. Put it on your no, uh, no, speed no. dial. <laughs> Zoke can talk you out of anything. Trust me. I don't want to be the parent for that group, no. <laughs> oh, all right, Zoke, where to begin going into this matchup? I, I guess quarterback because that's always the big position, right? Uh, well, as we speak to you, yeah, we're just trying to figure out who that's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is your feel uh, on Sam Darnold? You know, last left the game with the Falcons with a concussion, uh, but he's made some progress this week. At least he was on the field yesterday. Yeah, so he's been able to get on the field. So that's a good sign that he's obviously not at the initial stages of concussion protocol, and they don't really delve deeply into that. And, you know, we get coaches. We don't get trainers and doctors for our uh, podium meetings and all that stuff with the uh, conferences. So, you know, the coaches wait to be told by the doctors and trainers where they are there's at least some optimism on sam as we sit here at this point of the week that it could happen i do remember a couple of weeks ago daniel jones took a, a big hit and he got to be helped off the field and he actually played in that game the week before the panthers game so there are times where you can be in concussion protocol and be cleared uh, to play the next game it doesn't always mean you'll meet uh, miss a, a game or multiple games but truly yeah patrick we're in wait and see on that and they are letting uh, pj walker take the first team reps in practice uh, to get ready and that's good for P.J., obviously, to have that opportunity, whether he ends up being a starter or not. Do you think uh, that this team – how are they different in your mind between Darnold and Walker with, with whoever might be out there? Yeah, P.J.'s a very athletic quarterback. Again, he's shorter in stature, about six feet tall. But, you know, he can run. He's incredibly elusive. And he's got a big arm uh, from being a little guy. So they will – 
tailor things to his skill set, which is nice as opposed to when you come in in the middle of a game and suddenly it's third and eight and it's your turn to play quarterback, holds <laughs> off the bench. So this, this should be easier if it turns out that he is the guy playing. And again, we'll see on that. But, um, yeah, they'll, they'll obviously put in plays that are more in tune with what he can do. And he was able to win a game last year against Detroit when he came in and started. So he's capable. Coach uh, Rules had him since Temple. Uh, so they're very – tight they have a long history together and they know each other inside out and the expectations so uh, the key with pj is you know don't he came in last week and nearly threw a pick in the end zone and coach says you know throw that ball away just don't turn the ball over so you don't want to turn him into a game manager because he can be dynamic but on the other hand you also have to be careful and not turn the ball over yeah uh we've got uh, jim zoki panthers radio network uh it's the carolina panthers and the uh, New England Patriots, those pesky, pesky Patriots uh, this uh, weekend. Uh, you'll hear it on uh, our sister station, Talk 1037 WTIB. Uh, game in uh, Charlotte, 1 o'clock, 12 noon airtime. Our crew will be out there. Zoki's going to let him spend the night at his house, so it's going to work out really, really no, nicely. Oh, yeah, them. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a back deck or something out, yeah. outdoors. Yeah. Well, those guys could camp out. They're young. They've got, you know, they're resourceful. Um, it's got a roof. I've got space heaters. They'll be all right. Okay. So let me ask you this. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was also back on the practice field. It's being reported. Uh, after after being designated for return from injured reserve, uh, what do you think? I know he was limited, but what, what, what's the word? Yep. Wait for it. Wait for it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we um... – <laughs> Wait a minute. You told you me, you, you told me a few weeks ago or a few months ago, Patrick, just wait till, you know, we don't get those injury updates till Wednesday. We're talking to you yeah. after Wednesday this week. Well, that's the update we had is that we don't know. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> so with the hamstring, he did, you know, he's, he's been activated off injured reserve. And all that means is that they have three weeks to activate him to the active roster. So he's kind of in between right now. Uh, but again, like you said, he did practice to some degree. They really do like it. like practice yesterday. Then they wait and see how they wake up and react the next day. If they're how tight they are, that kind of thing. And same thing following a Thursday practice. They wait and see how he feels after that happens with Fridays walkthrough practices. So we will see. And uh, we've been here before, right? Like three, four weeks ago. And then they let him just shut it down for three weeks after he wasn't uh, quite ready at that time. So. Uh, we'll see. If, if not this week, I would think next week for sure. But the fact that he's out there doing things at least gives you the impression that there's an opportunity he could play this week as opposed to the last three weeks when he was on that three-game IR where he definitely could not play. So we're getting close. If we're all the way there, that I don't know yet. Yeah. So it, it, this seems like maybe a little bit of a, a dumb question. I don't know. Is it a little easier maybe to bring a guy like that back in the home setting just because you – and I know the NFL is the NFL and you have access to a bunch of things. But is there just something – maybe you have a little more access to care, longer time to, to maybe, uh, you know, provide treatment if you're, the, if you're the home team. In other words, is it a little easier to get him more game-ready potentially? Uh, Absolutely, you know, yeah. yeah. Definitely, because you got your own facilities, like you said, even though and everyone may not understand this, you know, because you're in the world of sports. But even for the home games, the team stays in a hotel – together the night before that way they're right there and they, they're a few blocks away to be able to get to uh, the stadium and have everybody accounted for um so but you do have the, the home training facilities and all this you're not on an airplane and you know, so often with the flying and things like that even just those few hours of flying somewhere 
uh, can tighten muscles and, and lead to, again, a little bit of a setback in terms of getting an athlete ready uh, to play, you're dehydrated, whatever. So it helps, uh, but we'll see. Again, I just don't know for sure. The nice thing is you know, Chuba ran the ball well last yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Royce Freeman kind of the most extensive that he's run the ball. So I, I think they're in good shape at that position, regardless of what ends up happening. And really, even the addition of Amir Abdullah, the kick returner, he was very big as far as kind of replicating some of the skill set of McCaffrey of not just a running back, but a kind of a dynamic pass catcher. So nobody is Christian McCaffrey, but at least they can run the plays and run that style of offense with a couple of veteran running backs that are used to being in the league and doing this. Yeah, Darnold also contributed to that cause as the Panthers snapped their four-game uh, losing skid and rushed for a season-high 200-plus yards. I think 203 was the final number. Uh, so in other words, that's kind of leading me to, to where I was going to ask you next. Do you, do you think – regardless of whether McCaffrey plays or not, have the Panthers kind of found something on the ground potentially? Yeah, I think that was important too. Because I think, I, I promise you, when they bring him back, it's not, it's not going to be 30 touches like the last couple games before he went out because they don't want to have that uh, happening again. So I, I would expect to be on something of a pitch count, if you will, as far as the number of times he touches the ball. So now that the rookie, Chuba Hubbard, is not much of a rookie but a veteran player, at this point, they've got trust in him. Uh, despite the fumble on the opening carry last week, the other guys we mentioned, you know, they can definitely do, you know, with the, the lead being McCaffrey went healthy, but the guys that you can trust to come in and kind of help to carry that load at running back for him. Jim Zoki uh, with us uh, here. It is uh, the Carolina Panthers and the uh, New England Patriots. They're taking on one another Sunday, Bank of America Stadium, 1 o'clock kick. Uh, of course, uh, Stephon Gilmore will face the team that traded him to Carolina earlier this year. He was commented yesterday and saying he didn't like how the Patriots handled his quad injury. You know, I, I don't I don't know if there's an axe to grind there. He was asked the question. He gave the answer. Uh, so what more can you really say? It seems like beyond that, he was just sort of saying, hey, you know, I've, I'm, I've handled the situation and I've, you know, I'm here now. That, that's kind of what I gleaned from the whole thing. They'd reached the end of the road together because he's in the last year of a contract that they were not going to extend. And so he was kind of stuck in no man's land, coming back from having quad surgery in December, had to sit out the first six games of the season, knowing that he wasn't going to be able to come back and uh, do anything more than maybe finish the season with those guys on a team that he was going to be departing. So it really wasn't the best interest of both sides to part ways. They get something. They get a six-round pick. Panthers get a very good player. Uh, but uh, they're only guaranteed, you know, this basically a little bit more than half of a season with him, and then we'll see in the off season if it's something more long term than that. So makes sense. But yeah, definitely, I think he was disappointed being a former Defensive Player of the Year, four-time Pro Bowl player that they didn't want to extend him. But for those of us who follow the league, and I know you do too, uh, that's very much the mo of the Patriots. About a year or so before most teams try to part ways with players, they're at the forefront of that of uh, moving on and bringing the next one on. So that's kind of how the Patriots uh, do it. They, they tend to get rid of these veteran players and then bring in the next one. Favorite stat, Gilmore has an interception in every game he's played as a Panther. That's my favorite stat of the whole uh, season. 100%. So yeah. He's never played as a Panther without picking up a pass. <laughs> Usually in the fourth quarter. That's what I hear. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, he's a talent. What do you think he can bring to this team the rest of the year? 
I mean, he's very good. I mean, the fact that he showed up on a couple of days of practice, essentially, you know, just being in the league, I was talking with Eugene Robinson about this on Panther Talk on Monday, you know, you just tell him, we're doing press coverage, we're doing man-man, we're doing belt technique, we're doing zone, and he's just played in the league so long, being 31 years old at a high level. He can just assimilate right into what it is you're doing. Uh, you know, he's not playing quarterback out there, right? So he just has to be a very good corner. And so uh, he's able to just immediately jump in. And again, because he was limited on how much he played, really because of the fact they were testing that quad, making sure he didn't have a setback with that. And he's able to play well and probably will play more reps in this game. So he brings that, obviously, a veteran leadership guy that's going to help the entire secondary. It'd be nice for a guy like J.C. Horn when he comes back. But we've got a fifth-round pick out of Washington, Keith Taylor, I talked to yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I asked him that same question, being a cornerback. He said, yeah, he gleaned so much from guys like him and Dante Jackson because coaches can take you so far. But, you know, when you're in those meeting rooms and hanging out with your teammates, players like that can really rub off and give you a lot of little insight technique things and how to do film study, things like that that help you get even better. Panthers Radio Network, Jim Okay, I want to ask you uh, just some a couple league questions. Uh, Saints, some scuttlebutt reporting this morning that Phillip Rivers says, hey, I'd listen. You know, mm-hmm. so ultimately, what do you think happens in New Orleans, if anything, with the quarterback situation? Because I, I don't think what they have – I didn't think what they had on the roster anyway was sustainable over 17 games. I'm not so sure this will be sustainable over the final 10 for them. And by the way, first of all, kudos to Sean Payton to get Jameis Winston, who would have thought 15 touchdowns, three interceptions playing at that level really the only yeah. bad game was against the Panthers right so he did get I mean much more out of Jameis than anybody else has I agree with you I think if not Philip Rivers somebody you know I don't know they look at Cam Newton because they got Taysom Hill so they've got that kind of style of quarterback that can run and pass uh Philip Rivers would be an interesting one and I think that it would do well in that system Teddy Bridgewater did well in that system so I think I agree that Trevor Simeon would be pretty dicey just to go with that uh, and then Jason Hill is kind of your Swiss Army knife that hasn't really played well, I don't think, as a four-quarter quarterback. that I like it more as a guy that you can kind of move around as a chess piece. So I expect that the, that they'll bring somebody from home since the trade deadline has passed to come at least be on their roster and be, be part of that quarterback room. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this. on Who's the best team in the in the AFC right now, do you think, in your opinion? That's uh, I mean, I yeah, I just look at who's in the AFC. It's like you would the automatic answer is Kansas City. To me, Buffalo, you know, Kansas City's not been good. Like, Buffalo to me, probably in the end, will still end up being the best team in the AFC. And it's it's loaded this year with some good teams in the West. We've seen the Chargers coming back to Earth and some other teams like that. But to me, just as far as the overall roster where they got last year, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to be the representative in the AFC once we get to that point. Okay. And then uh, maybe a little more difficult, who's the NFC's best team right now in your in your mind? I'll give you six, right? I, I'll say this. Tampa's really good. I like what Dallas has put together. I mean, they're so explosive and dynamic when everybody's healthy. And um, I'm guessing Prescott will probably play this week. But their defense, adding digs as secondary, has become good. I mean, nobody's great week in and week out as far as defense goes. But I like what Dallas has this year. So, obviously, Tampa's going to have a lot to say with it. But uh, I kind of like the Cowboys right now. Do you think Detroit goes over? It's hard to go over. They've done it before. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. They've, done, they've, they've never done 0-17, so that would be new. They've done 0-16. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, they're, they're a candidate for that. But they've had some close games that they could have, should have won. 
got some bad calls on it, seeing some bad breaks. Um, I feel like they'll probably win a game at least. So I think it's it's more difficult to lose every game uh, than it sounds. So I I bet they win a, a game somewhere. I don't yeah. have their schedule in front of me, but right, right. I, I think they probably win a game. They're not they're not horrific. I mean, Jared Goff's not like the worst quarterback. I mean, they, they've got they've got some talent there. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Uh, I guess for this week's game, it's really kind of hard to until you know who's available to really kind of handicap things in a way, right? I couldn't do the Vegas thing. I don't know how people do that. I would have thought for sure two weeks ago we would have just you know stopped the Giants and we lose by 22 points. So even when you know what you got, it's hard to know sometimes. But, yeah, yeah it's a little bit difficult. But, you know, the thing is, at least the Panthers are prepared as opposed to losing these guys in-game. Like yeah. last week, you lost Darnold in-game. You lost McCaffrey in-game in Houston. So I, I like the fact that at least they're prepping with what they've got. I think it makes a big difference. And then if you're pleasantly surprised, and, uh, and get these guys uh, up and available to play in the backfield. It just adds – I will add this as well. Terrace Marshall was a full go in practice. He's been out in concussion protocol. Uh, Pat Elfline looks like he might be back for the offensive yeah. line mm-hmm. uh, this week. We don't know for sure on that, but uh, he might be available. So all those things factor onto the positive side because we saw what the impact was of having Shaq Thompson back last week, having Stephon Gilmore. You know, how close are we on Justice uh, Burris being back in the former NC State safety? So – I, I think, you know, it, it matters at this level. The guys are paid a lot of money at certain positions for a reason. And uh, next man up sounds good, but it's nice having your best man up, not just your next man up sometimes. Hey, let me embrace a little debate here to, on the way out. Um, right. it would, would New England be 4-4 four and four if Cam were starting? I don't know, man. That's really hard to say. I mean, Cam – wasn't healthy last year. I think got the COVID, like he played really well last year against Seattle, like a 400 yard passing game. And they were terrific in that game. And then the, a week or two later, he got the COVID thing. He never came back and played at that level. It seemed to affect him the rest of the season to some degree. This year he's healthy. He is vaccinated now. Um, I, I think he could definitely help a team. He still has a uh, skill. Um, what would the record be? I don't know. But I do, I will say this. Mac Jones is getting better and better every week. Mm-hmm. And he's on a pace to have the highest rookie completion rate, breaking Dak Prescott's record. If it holds up, he's over 68% right now if he keeps up. So, to me, I think Mac Jones has been really what the doctor ordered for that offense as far as just being steady, not spectacular, but I think improving every week. All right, Jim. Hey, great to talk to you. Thanks for your flexibility this week, and we'll talk to you Monday. All right. I got it on my calendar. And, hey, we're sending the boys out there look after him, okay? They might still be here on Monday. I don't know about those guys if they'll be after Sunday if they'll be prepared to get back on the road or not. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll all learn this together. And I'm look. I'm sure B Baby will have regalus with stories and opinions. So it'll be great. At least the ones he can share. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, Patrick. Jim Zoki. There he goes. You guys have some good clean American fun planned, right? A little bit. <laughs> that was quite a quite a pause. Well, I, I, I said a little bit, and I realized I had not turned myself on, so ah. I on the mic. Okay. All right. You going to stay at Zoke's or stay at your family's house? Eh, no, my parents are nice enough. They're going to let us crash there. Don't you live at Huntersville or something? Harrisburg. Ah. Often confused. Yeah. If it, we need a report, will you do a call-in uh, from your living room again? 
on Sunday morning, yeah, like you're going to be awake th- and ready to talk to me at that time on oh. Sunday morning. You'll be enjoying your morning coffee with your wife. You won't be talking to me on Sunday morning, Patrick. I'll, I'll be awake. I won't be talking to you. So you're about half right on that, for sure. Well, I hope you guys have fun, Philip. Appreciate you guys it. guys have fun. Yeah. Be safe. Uh, are you back in tomorrow, or has Ben here, or what? what's going on? Both of us. Friday's always, uh, you, get, you get the double dose. All right. Uh, hey, thanks to Jim Zoki. Tomorrow, Chris Hughes, Carolina Prep, Charlotte Observer, and Joe Dooley previewing the Pirate basketball season. Five o'clock, the get you to the weekend football Friday edition. See you then.